previously on the Simply Human Podcast. Do you have to go to China to become an acupuncturist? No, fortunately I didn't. There was an um, acupuncture school uh, in North Carolina that I went to, a Jungtao School of Classical Chinese Medicine. Now, that's a mouthful. Wow. But, uh, yeah. So that's, I, I did, uh, you know, four years there and it was, you know, it was really eye-opening. It's... No. <clears throat> It's episode 182 of the Simply Human Podcast with your host, Mark and Rick. Two human beings being human. Our goal is to help you understand how humans are designed to eat, sleep, move, and enjoy, and how you can start living more like a human today. On today's show, super excited to have Dr. Anthony Balducci. He's a men's health, weight loss, and muscle building expert exclusively for busy fathers and entrepreneurs. He founded the Fit Father Project to help other busy fathers get and stay permanently healthy for their families. I got a good feeling about this guy, Rick. And uh, Rick is gone. Rick decided he does not want to be a fit father. He is... Oh, there I got you. I'm back. Oh, there I'm he back. is. Oh, I just thought you hung up on me. There are days I'd way rather be a fat father. Like, yeah, you know what? Screw it. Like, <laughs> we had to meet the teacher tonight and our oldest, uh, our oldest kid hit school tonight and I was looking at the fathers and I was like, oh, that guy's yeah, that guy's ripped. And then I was looking at other fathers, like, man, that guy's fat as <laughs> I could be that guy. I guess I don't care. <laughs> well, uh, speaking of um, different sizes of people, Rick. Yeah. I yes. spent uh, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday at South Padre Island. Mm. Oh yeah. And it was great. Beach talk. When's the last time you went to the beach and spent significant time at the beach? So we... Uh, Dauphin Island. This is a long story. Uh, it's not that long. Yeah, yeah, okay. So uh, Dauphin you sound, Island... You sound terrible, is, by the uh, way. You, we got a terrible connection here. You sound terrible. Sorry. Hear me now. Change your Wi-Fi or something. God. I don't have Wi-Fi, Mark. Hang on, let me see if I can turn the Wi-Fi you, on. Hang on. What are you, a caveman? Who doesn't have Wi-Fi, you caveman? Uh, Rick the uh, caveman. No, I have Wi-Fi. I'm just, uh, my, usually my, I'm talking to my work phone, which has unlimited data. I didn't realize that and we were doing a Rick the Caveman now, bit. We're bringing back Rick the Caveman. God, this connection is terrible. I have one bar. That actually, is, you sound better now. Okay, well. So we typically, okay, so Dolphin Island is a little place uh, just south of Mobile, Alabama, maybe like 15 miles south, just right off the coast of Alabama. It's a real very tiny island. It's like 1.5 miles wide or something like that. It's very small. That is a, uh, a special place for my wife and I. It's where we had our very first vacation together. It's where we had, uh, where I proposed to her. It's where we got married. I was there. It's where we had our first, yeah, you were there. Uh, and I made a very, very off-color hashtag me too joke. Yeah, hashtag me too joke to your wife yeah. there. Uh, and it's where we had our first vacation before we had, like our, uh, not our first vacation, but our last kidless vacation. It's, oh, a, right. it's a special little place for us. So what, did, so, now I've been there, but describe the beaches. I, hey, I will say this, Rick. When I was there for your wedding. Yes. It there was remember that storm that blew through. Well, the waves before the storm hit were incredibly insane, and I went out and swam in them, and it's a wonder I didn't die. 
you're an idiot. Uh, so Dauphin Island is what's called a barrier island. Uh, from a geographic standpoint, the purpose of this island is to absorb <laughs> most of the, uh, the, the smash of a giant hurricane oh. before it hits the mainland. And so, real good idea to put people on this island, yeah. guys. But hey, it's too late. Well, we typically go during uh, the week of Christmas because, number one, off-season prices. So it's uh, cheaper. You get a hotel cheaper. Yeah. And two, it's way less crowded, and you can just kind of do whatever you wanted to do there. It's it's uh, it's it's just way more chill. And I, I know a lot of families go on vacation. They want to set their itinerary for, okay, uh, on uh, Monday at 9 a.m., we're going to go do this, this, and this. And at 11.30, like, we just want to hang. Yeah. Like, that's all we do. So, like, we go during the week of Thanksgiving. Uh, a week of Christmas. Yeah. Well, that's... So, that, 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 uh, long, long answer to your question. The last time I went to the beach was Christmas of last year. Okay, so your sons are they? They know how the beach works. They understand. They do like play in the sand. They're kind of beach experts. Would you consider? They them? know how the beach works. Yeah, they like, know. I don't know. Well, they're like uh, they're experts. You know, like you take a kid skiing; he's never been skiing. Huh. It's all new to them. Your kids okay, are okay, beach I got pros. Yes, yeah, yes. They they understand their their sand and their water, their shells. Uh, yeah, <laughs> there's crabs. They, 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 yeah, they have ghost crabs on Dauphin Island. They're uh, they they are the same color as sand. They're very small, and uh, every once in a while you might see one. Are they so dead? They, no, no. They they. So then, why are they called ghost like, crabs? Yeah, yeah, they're ghost crabs. Well, yeah. they shouldn't call them ghost crabs if they're alive. Well, I mean, I feel like they can do whatever they want, and you need to acquiesce to whatever they Whoa, decide. Oh, big do. word. Okay, so we didn't take our kids. <laughs> we, we didn't take our kids with us. We were with another couple friend of ours, friends of ours, and That's uh, way to go. I know it was awesome, and like I have like this. Uh, Gosh. I have a, a canopy that takes like two seconds to set up. We would go down there at like 8.30 a.m., set up our canopy, and just stay and then like break it down at like 6 p.m. and then like clean up and go to dinner and then come back, and it was it was great. Um, but um, we got there. We, sta- we stayed at an Airbnb about a half a block away from the beach up on the third floor. That we- makes me so nervous, the Airbnb. <laughs> like I can do – the Uber, like I can ride in someone else's car, but yeah. they say, yeah, yeah. But like the Airbnb, like there's a lot of there's a lot of surfaces in somebody well, else's house. You know what I mean, like, well, listen to this. So we get there, and it's this older couple. They were super nice. I left them a great review, and we had like communicated back and forth a few times, like before, and like is there okay? This here's the key lock box, and here's this and that and all that. And I asked, they had a coffee maker and all this stuff, you know. And uh, we get there, and we, we get the key is, is good, and we open the door, and it's like we start looking around. It's like, wait a second. There's like dirty, there's like wet towels on the floors of the bathrooms. The beds like aren't made. And we were like, wait, like this house, this, the condo like hasn't been cleaned since the last people left. And so, like, we messaged the people and, like, explained. And she, like, called me. And she was like, well, we, we can't get a hold of our cleaning lady. And we don't know what happened. We're on our way. And they drove an hour and a half from McAllen, went and bought sheets for us and, like, new towels and, like, came. We got to meet them and stuff. It was kind of awkward. But we were, like, super nice. We weren't, like, ever, like, 
how dare you have not have our yeah. condo it's clean? It's preposterous. Yeah, it's like the, you know the, what? The nerve of you yeah. people! it happens. It's no big deal. And like they they like gave us a hundred dollars off, and they were really cool. But anyway, so it was an awesome time, and there was like everything was within walking distance. The beaches down there, you're like, I mean, we are the south of South Padre, so it's like you know what you think of as like a Cancun beach, like a Mexican beach, like very white sand, very clear, yeah. like like bluish yeah. water. Uh, it, we just had a great time and man, Rick, we shredded that gnar. I'm sorry. What? We shredded some gnar every day. We got out there and we shredded that gnar. gnar. Okay. Yeah. The gnar. Yeah. The gnar. Yeah. We shredded it all up. Yeah. Good good job. (laughs) Is that a thing? Is that what you say? Surfer guys shred the gnar. Isn't that a thing? Uh, well, I don't know. Because, like, uh, gnarly, the way... Like, like you are just wikipedia like, uh, <laughs> surfer terms, and you're just throwing them out there, but I'm like, sure, okay. Shred the gnar, that's what we would say. And the waves, like, the biggest waves were, like, as tall as us, you know, so it wasn't, did like... Did you really... Did, hey, did you really surf? There was a surfboard, like, on the back porch of the oh, Okay, condo. the answer's no, the but answer's no. We took a boogie board and shredded the gnar. That's not a... No, 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 no. I'm sorry, okay. And then, I would like to learn from a human who knows what he's talking about how to surf. Well, yeah, and I we actually well, we, I, I, okay. Let me let me we say body this. surfed. Can I make a, an explosive statement? Oh my gosh! Judge based solely on uh, videos on the internet, which is a really great way to start start a statement. <laughs> I feel like surfing is probably not that hard. I think it's. I think it's. You know what? Okay. You know what? When you're up on the board, <laughs> here's my theory. When you're up on the board, if you could just like snap your fingers and be on the board, that is probably easier to learn than what I think. What makes it so hard and why all those guys are like shredding the gnar is because it <laughs> takes it, it takes a lot of work to get out there and there's a lot of swimming and uh, balance and then getting up onto the board takes like very much core strength and, and not dying and not being eaten by a shark. Like once I figured out how to like like water ski, like how to get up on the skis, I was right. like, oh man, I'm water skiing. All right, I'm, uh, I'm still uh, still water skiing. It's all the okay, same yeah. now, yeah. I'm uh, really water skiing the hell out of this uh, lake <laughs> over here. Okay, uh, well, it, it, what, what's the point? To, to well, water ski is, 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 I'm as, s- as long as you can or what? I'm going to send you this, uh, this link. This dude, oh. Rodrigo Coxa, um, just said, hey. I think this is recent, he, he surfed the biggest wave of all time. Hey, I, I don't want to surf the biggest wave of all time. I, I just want to surf like a moderate to but small wave. Look, look, look on this. And I want to YouTube me a link of someone surfing a moderate to look, small watch, wave. I want to hear your reaction when you watch this. Yeah, like, I'm pulling very this short. up right now. Okay. Okay, hang on. Let me see. <clears throat> pulling the video up. This is riveting television. That is a very large wave, but let's. Take a look. Where is this? Like that has to be a okay. 150 foot wave or 200 foot wave. Look at like, you can't even see the guy, and he's probably six feet tall. He's gonna die. Isn't that crazy? No, that's not crazy. That's nuts. It's and there's a difference. Uh, Where is this? I don't know. It's where there's big waves. 
That is a I, like, pretty ridiculous. You just wave. see a white streak going down this way. You can't even see the guy. <laughs> it's so small. Story of my life. <laughs> I don't think that's true. <laughs> Rodrigo Coxa. Coxa. Like the biggest wave ever surfed. It doesn't say where it was, though. I know. I look at the comments. <laughs> the, first, the first comment is, I'm surprised he didn't sink with balls that big. <laughs> <laughs> all right let's not get into the reading the twitter comments <laughs> man there's a reason i'm not on twitter and that's why like uh, yeah. all the constant comments yeah well so. hey um let's uh anthony is ready for us dr balduzzi so i'm oh. gonna hang up with you and i'm gonna start a new conversation hello rick yes doctor is it balducci or balduzzi <laughs> Balduzzi, but I like the I like the old school Italian throwback there. It was, the it was the C's originally, but yeah. yeah, happy to happy to be here with you guys. Awesome. So. Well, thanks for doing this. We've been we've had you on the schedule for like for several weeks, and every time like we're like, all right, coming up on the show, da 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 da. Whenever we get to your name, we turn it turns into Goodfellas because <laughs> <laughs> we're just like, hey, 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 and I'm like, he's probably like gonna be very offended by that. Maybe if we if we so, keep doing it. <laughs> So my uh, my family are Italian grocers from New York. Oh my so it's gosh. not too far off. It's like it's as authentic as possible. My grandma is a legitimately a butcher. She was. She's retired now. But you get the idea. Yeah. yeah. You're like uh, you don't like it a sauce. Yeah, the, you don't like it a sauce. The Sopranos, where yeah. they buy all the meat, the pork store. Yeah, we got that. Your yeah. mom, uh, Rick's mom, also worked there. Um. All right. So. What store? We are. Okay. <laughs> we already introed you in the beginning. Um, of the show and uh, very excited about this. We've been looking forward to this uh, for a long time. So the first thing we're going to do, Rick, we're going to guess his birthday. So this is what we do. We do this with all all our guests. I'm going to guess your birthday and try not to give any hints like, ooh, close or not even close, just yes or no. And then Rick, okay. and then Rick is going to guess your birthday. And Go ahead, I'm going to guess, I feel like, just a small glimpse of the humor that we've gotten. I'm going to say summer. I'm going to say July 9th. I, I say nothing. <laughs> so is that, is that, a, but you can say yes or no. Well, no, you did not nail the exact date. No. Okay. Okay, Rick. Oh, okay. He, 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 he gives a couple of clues. Yeah, he did. trained criminal investigator. I can tell there's a clue here. You said July 9th, Mark. I did. I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with July 8th. Drum roll, please. Drum roll. Here we go. You guys are insane at this. What? I cannot even believe what it. What is it? Both did, of you. Did I do this? Did I do this again? Wait. No, you did not. My birthday oh my is... I did it one time. You had Ju my heart. My heart Ju jumped up into my throat like no, I did I mean, this second time. There was 365 choices. My birthday is July 4th. Oh! I told you. I knew it. I knew you were a cancer. A cancer. That is unbelievable. A cancer. There's, clear, there's clearly a system here. This is not just gambling. I mean, no. there's something going on here. Well, I, we. I, I nailed it one time, like right on, like right on the the button, and it was the most amazing. Like I have two kids. Uh, it was more amazing than the day those the, my boys were born. It was the most amazing. <laughs> Like I was running around the house, my arms up. Like I just scored the game winner in the World Cup. Like it was bananas, and I thought for a second. I know. Well, 
Yeah. Man. Oh. Okay, well, here's the deal. I am a cancer. I'm June 26th. And, uh, and as, as a cancer, I can typically quickly spot other cancers. And just in the few seconds that we talked, I felt a connection with you in the cancer department. Which is that's kind of fantastic. A, kind of I mean, that's actually like a good, meaningful reason why you picked that. Thank you. Yeah, and I think Rick, you kind of piggybacked yeah. off Mark's guest. <laughs> I mean, I'm like, you gotta share a little bit of credit. I mean, you had you stuck to your guns and you undercut them. Yeah, I wish I respect that hard. <laughs> what I call the Price is Right move. Like yeah, I go yeah. one under yeah. because I feel like maybe they've gone over. So yeah, like uh, I, 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 I listen. What I do for a living is I interview bad guys in the uh in the criminal interrogation room I, I turn the spotlight on them and i say where were you on march 13th and i feel their answers coming through their pores that's what i did this time mm. i was just a little tiny bit off so we're good yep. man guys i'm a little I'm, i don't know if i should be excited about this or a little freaked out yeah. <laughs> he's like of emotions right now he's like they just wick, they just wikipedia me and like it just guessed a little off yeah hey, listen it has literally never occurred to me is to do <laughs> Two seconds of research and be like, "Hey, I'm on a Facebook, uh, Anthony Balducci. I'm sure Balducci. there's, uh, I'm sure there's a bunch of them on there." And find out, uh, like, it's never occurred to me to even do that. <laughs> I think that's good. I think it adds to the magic and, and the creepiness of this. <laughs> the creepiness. Awesome. Well, um, I'm excited about this because I am 37. Rick is how? How many birthdays are you? Nine birthdays. God, Mark. 38. I was born on leap year, so I have had nine birthdays, uh, nine actual birthdays, yeah. but I'm 38 years old. And nice. And Dr. Balduzzi is a his it's a it's a, a dad's in their 40s kind of deal. And so it's like, hey, 37, I might as well be 40. So I'm looking forward to this. And I you're think knocking on the door, knocking yeah. right on that door. Three years is going to fly by. And Rick, I think we're going to bring it on down now, because the first thing that I know that you want to talk about is your dad's story. So tell us about that. Yeah. So why, why am I so interested in helping guys over 40 get healthy? And it's really because, you know, growing up, some of my earliest experiences and the reason I, I fell in love with health is because I watched my own dad, you know, basically lose his, you know, like many guys, um, he was working his butt off to put food on the, on the table for me, my mom, my little brother. And he had a computer leasing job um, out of uh, upstate New York. And this was a time when computers were getting really big in corporate. So he got a big promotion. He started working even harder. You know, it got to the point where he was like sleeping at the office kind of hard work. And he stopped eating healthy. He stopped exercising. And he just went downhill. Um, and eventually, the spiral continued for several years. And dad got so sick um, that he collapsed one day upstairs. My brother and I were playing downstairs having a violent seizure. We took dad to the hospital and um, the doctors ran, you know, brain scans, blood tests to figure out what was going on. Um, and that was the night my dad received his terminal cancer diagnosis. Uh, and he, pa he passed away um, shortly thereafter at 42 years young. How old were you? I was nine and my Ugh. little brother was six. Oh my gosh, that's how old God. my daughters are. Yeah. So, so rocked, rocked my entire world. Yeah. I mean, made me question absolutely everything. Because at that age, you know, dad was my superhero, like kind of invincible. Right. Um, but I learned very young this lesson that just imprinted itself on, I'd say, my soul is that um, if we're not careful, we can spend so much time, you know, working that we, you know, we neglect our health. And it's the one thing that we just can't buy back. Um, and health is the foundation of everything we love, our ability to spend time with our family, to pursue our hobbies and our passions. And when we lose that foundation, everything else seems to slip. And that's what I saw happen to my dad. Um, and from a young age, you know, when I was nine, on my 10th birthday, my mom gifted me a pair of my dad's old dumbbells, oh, and I started fuck. exercising. 
And so nice. I had no, no idea what I was doing, right? Yeah. But, you know, push-ups, sit-ups, did my curls and my presses. There were these old York dumbbells. It wasn't a, sh- um, it wasn't a shake weight that she gave you? It was, the shake weights <laughs> didn't exist back then. Uh, probably would have made some good progress back then. Um, but point being is, you know, I, I just got really passionate about, you know, in my 10-year-old brain is, one, how do I become stronger than cancer? Yeah. And two, how do I take care of my mom, my little brother, being, you know, the man of the house? I was kind of assuming that identity. Yeah. Um, and the one thing I love about fitness, and I think you two guys will probably agree with me on this, is that of all the things in life that we can't control, when it comes to our health, if we can control the variables, our inputs, the way we eat, how we move, how we sleep, we can kind of get a tangible output. You know, it's not always a direct relationship, but if we control what we do on the input side, we get an output. And for me, that was like the greatest lesson in life up to that point. You know, it gave me a sense of control. um, And so I ran with it. And, you know, I started doing my push-ups. I was the weird kid on the block that ate his broccoli because he wanted to. Um, And I just got super passionate about, you know, building a strong body. And and those were the seeds, although I didn't know it at that time, the seeds of the mission that would blossom into the Fit Father Project. So, you know, went through competitive bodybuilding, eventually went to medical school to really figure out the science of this stuff. And now, uh, you know, it's like, how do I help guys like my dad? busy guys in that midpoint of life who realize their health is slipped to make sure that that doesn't happen to more boys and girls. Right. That's why I get up in the morning. So how old are you now, if you mind me asking? Right at 30, yeah. Okay, 30 years old. Okay, cool. So, yeah, and that's the thing. Like, there, the, one, one way to help guys like that is going, well, just quit your job and move out into the woods and, like, just live off the land. Like, well, like, that's not reasonable. So what I like no. about what you're doing is, like, okay, we, we're in this context we have these jobs. We're doing all these things. Like I'm doing a, a, a talk for uh, the teachers, the, the the school district tomorrow. It's 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 like about movement. It's okay. You're a teacher. How can you like you keep your job but also get healthy movement? How can you get your kids in your classroom healthy movement? And it, so it's like kind of like within the context that we're in, finding things that we can do to kind of change within that context and, and, and create a healthy environment around yourself. Is that kind of the the uh, point. God, I couldn't, I got, you know, kind of almost chills. I'm, I'm that passionate about this stuff, but I couldn't agree more. You know, the reason people and more guys in particular are not succeeding with their health is not due to a lack of information. Right. You know, we all know that the salmon is better than the burger on the dinner menu. You know, we all know we should probably get to the gym a couple times per week or at right. least do some kind of movement exercise we love. It's like, how do we make this simple, practical, and sustainable in the context of a busy life? Right. Um, and so that comes down to a couple things, right? Knowing, number one, what I would call like the high leverage health habits. Like, what are the, what are the, one to five things we can do that give us the greatest bang for our buck right. because when it comes to eating and exercise some things are more effective than others and if we are busy how do we do high leverage health habits um, and two also designing a health program that's built from the get-go to work with our unique schedules right and that's something we do all the fit father project because like the same workout setup that might work for you mark or rick is not going to work for me based on just schedule constraints you know stuff that's going on with my body so we got to have something that kind of fits from a behavioral perspective you know it it needs to be like almost like psychologically and schedule wise logistically sound yeah and that's almost more important than knowing how many carbs are in xyz or tracking your calories and i mean almost ingest it is like it's real the the root cause of of how you how you either create or fail at sustainable change well i feel like you know you start a workout plan you're like all right here we go sign up for this workout plan and you like look at day one it's like the workout will take you 90 minutes and you're like well i only have an hour lunch 
well, can't do that, you know, and then you just like go <laughs> exactly. to lunch and like, yeah. So, yeah, it's about, fine, you know, and, and, and the other part about that is like you've got to find something that you enjoy doing or mm-hmm. or you're not going to stick with it. And I'm sure that you've got a lot of tips on, on all that kind of stuff. But, um, yeah, so what are some of the, the things that you, you've seen, I guess, as far as excuses and, and kind of ways to overcome some of those things and, and like you said like the what are like the the anchors like the main thing it's like when you go to the gym if you only have an hour like you probably wouldn't suggest like doing only single joint movements if you've got an hour you're going to try to fit Correct. in some more compound movements so what are some of those things as we're broadening out the scope not just at the gym but every in everyday life like what are the compound movements of everyday life yeah beautiful okay well the first thing is to understand that uh, most guys um, over 40, um, who know they want to live healthier, probably the best thing they can do is lose those first 20 pounds. Um, you know, you know, getting the weight off improves your health period. So if we look at that as the framework is like, we want to lose some weight in a way that we can actually keep it off. How do we lose the weight and what are the most effective things for that? And I think, um, the, the, the question when it comes around fitness immediately jumps to exercise because we think that we need to get into the gym and that's actually it's it's valuable but it's the wrong place to start right where we where we start with guys is you know we have this kind of like five step framework and the first two things that we do before we ever talk about exercise um, is we do a sleep audit yes we work on sleep now kind of counterintuitive not a lot of people know about this but essentially when your body is not sleeping well no diet and no workout will be truly effective right. and in fact what the research shows if they take sleep deprived people put them on a calorie restricted diet and workout plan a vast majority of the weight they lose comes from muscle and not fat right. and it's because the body's in a in, in this um, stress state and sleep essentially controls the whole domino cascade of hormones that enable us to feel energized, that enable us to burn the fat, that keeps our metabolism healthy. After a night of poor sleep, your body processes carbs terribly, cortisol's high, and chronically that can cause problems. So we fix sleep first. And the way I understand it too, like your the, the ghrelin and the leptin, what makes you feel hungry and not and yes. satiated are all messed yep. up. And so you eat when you're not hungry and, and you, it's just you're all That's out of it. whack. Yeah. Your appetite hormones are directly tied to your circadian clock. Yeah. If you want to be starving and process those carbs terribly, miss a night of sleep. Right. And oh. unfortunately, we just haven't been told enough about how important this is as the foundational stuff. And a lot of guys who are already in sleep-deprived states, which are all defined as like, let's just say less than six hours, but ideally, you know, seven and a half would be like a sweet spot number right. for busy people. Um, you know, anything you throw on top of that is just going to stress a system that doesn't even right. have a strong foundation. So it- sleep is there. Yeah, go ahead. Well, listen, well, hey, hey, real, 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 real quick, we, uh, we, we talk about our four pillars of the, the Simply Human Lifestyle on the show. So most people who listen to our show are going to understand it's eat like a human, move like a human, sleep like a human, enjoy life like a human. But mm-hmm. you just hit the nail on the head where you said that like people are aware that sleep is a big deal, but maybe they're not quite as aware. And that point just kind of got driven home. Yeah. Like sleep is quite literally just as, if not more important than getting your diet squared away or getting your exercise uh, situation squared away. It is literally, uh, it's a three-legged stool, like those three things. If your well, sleep it, is way out of whack, then the other stuff's not going to matter. Well, put it this way, and you're, and you're so spot on. I mean, if we have those three legs of the stool, movement, sleep, healthy, healthy eating plan, 
if I had to pick two of those legs, the number one that I would kick out if the goal is weight loss is a healthy diet and sleep. I would keep, I would kick exercise to the curb and we want all three because they're foundational, but like, look, you could, I'm not just making this stuff up. The studies show that you have people and you put them on healthy diets. They don't go to the gym and they walk for like 15 minutes a day. You know, they can lose tons of weight. We have clients that go on our fit father program who never do the workouts. But they, we've had a guy who didn't do workouts uh, up to the point where he'd already lost 75 pounds. Right. And that's because wow. nutrition is the second thing. Nutrition drives weight loss, period. Like in terms of like, yes, we want to move our bodies. We want functional, strong bodies. Muscle mass is right. increasingly important as we age. But really, uh, the bulk majority of the work starts in the kitchen because you cannot out-exercise a bad diet. And I think we need to really just beat this myth out of guys' heads where they feel like, oh, I got to lose weight. I got to go in the gym and do the cardio or I got to lift. And then they, you know, do you know how easy it is to eat 600 calories that you burn on the treadmill? Oh, it's like half a cookie. Yeah. It is like you can do it in about 30 seconds. Yeah. And then you got to go on the elliptical for two hours to burn it off. Right. Right, right, right. So like, that's not the game we want to play. The game we want to play is let's get the sleep fixed. Let's get on a simple, you know, calorie controlled eating plan that's actually enjoyable. And there's some ways we can talk about doing that. Um, And let's move our body in a way that's enjoyable, too, because the movement is not just about like the fitness aspect. It's also immensely beneficial from a psychological aspect of like a stress outlet and just we function better. Um, And as part of our pyramid kind of discussion progresses, we got the sleep, we got the nutrition. The thing that comes before exercise, again, is daily movement. And I like people to differentiate the difference between movement and exercise because they're different. Yeah, I love that. I want to talk about that. But before we move on, well, hang on. Before we move on, I want to say one one more thing about sleep. Um, But also, we're talking about a three-legged stool. There's actually a way to get all three of us to sit on a three-legged stool, but we're not going to talk about that right now. So so what we're going to talk about – so one more point about sleep is, like, it's incredible to me that, like, the moon and, like, the circadian rhythm – like, the moon – like moves the ocean. And I've said this on the show before mm-hmm. and we think it's not going to affect us. You know, know, it's like people just in like that disconnect. It's just crazy. Well, the circadian rhythms, I'm going to have artificial light and I'm going to watch TV and look at my computer all hours of the night. And it's not going to affect me just as in, is insane to me. Okay. So let's go to movement and exercise. I love this. Uh, there, there's a, uh, an author and blogger and podcaster, Katie Bowman, who's been on the show a couple of times and, and she's really big into this and that, and I hate like I hate the word exercise in the sense that if you if you think that it's that it's necessary and like you hate the exercise that you're doing, that it's not going to be sustainable. Like I, I like going to the gym because I enjoy it, and 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 a lot of people will look at that as exercise. I look at that as movement. Like I like to ride a mountain bike. That to me is healthy movement. And it's like our ancestors didn't wake up and run a 10k. And then start mm-hmm. their day. They moved. They were hanging and moving all around, and they never sat ninety degree knee, ninety degree hip with their back supported out in nature. Like that healthy movement is not just what you do in an hour; it's over the course of the entire day. So, so yeah, kind of expand on this whole movement versus exercise thing. For sure, and I think there's actually there's some compelling research um, from a Dr. Little out of University of Texas who's shown that oh those appetite circuits you were talking about with the ghrelin, this hunger hormone, are tied to us meeting a minimum activity threshold. If we don't meet this minimum activity threshold, this cascade of hunger hormones don't work well. And this is something that's happening, right? We get up from sleeping, let's just say six hours, people go get their coffee, they're kind of chronically dehydrated, then they hop in a car and they battle the commute and then they get to their 
job and they sit down for another eight hours, then they get home and they get back to the sofa. I mean, cumulative movement, um, very, very low. Right. And this is why the research is also showing that sitting is the new smoking. Yeah. You know, like sitting more than six hours per day increases like all cause mortality, all causes of death by like 50%. Yeah. We don't even know why. It's just, it's not good. It could be circulation issues. It could be, you know, pressure on the spine and what that does to the nerves and then the organs that, you know, are, are innervated by those nerves. But basically, we need to get off our butts. Yeah. And, and, there's, and, and there's a couple ways that we can do that. Yes, one, through formalized movement sessions, whether that's doing some kind of um, movement you love, lifting weights, going for a bike, going for a swim. But the movement also tallies up. Even setting like a, a basic step count, they've shown this, and this is why you know government pushes a lot of these big step programs because we know that if we can get someone to take an extra two, three, four, five thousand steps a day, you know that benefit does, uh, you know, accumulate over the day, and we can break up periods of prolonged sitting. Now, in, so, your, in your opinion, is that is that extra two, four, five thousand steps a day? Does that have to do with the calorie burn, or is there something bigger heck no. happening? Thank you. Heck no. It's, Thank it's, you. Heck no. It has nothing to do with the calories. I mean, come on. Like, yeah, I mean, that's an extra. You're walking for an extra 30 minutes. You yeah. know, what's that going to be? Another 200 calories? Right. Like, that's not going to drive weight loss. Okay. But what certainly does is it controls this cardi- this this metabolic cascade of, of hormones and your hunger hormones and and uh, your circulation. There's just something. It's just like a multifaceted orchestra that happens when our bodies right. are moving good things happen. And I guess it's more the flip side of like the massive dysfunction happens when we sit for long periods of time. So this is why anyone who's, you know, who is in a position where like, man, my job kind of facilitates this, even something as simple as setting a little timer at your desk to get up and walk around for five minutes every hour will improve your health, Right. you know, period. Um, And that being said, what I also like to have people do is, is one, we got to figure out the movements that are enjoyable for you. It has to start there because right. that enables us to look at this whole health thing through like a sustainability lens where, you know, it exercise, if we're going to call it that, looks is becomes something you look forward to. And then we schedule that stuff into your calendar each week as if it were a business yes. meeting. Yes, yes. Like on your calendar. as if it were a meeting. And yeah. if it gets missed, it gets rescheduled. Right. Like that's how we need to treat this stuff. And if somebody says, hey, can you, like, what is your availability on Monday morning if you've got a workout? schedule Monday morning, you say, uh, I'm not available until 10. Not, that's not Correct. something that can be moved. And, and one thing that uh, I'd, I'd be interested to hear your thoughts on, you know, you, this is the Fit Father Project. So the word father implies that there are children involved. And another really important aspect of all this is the influence that fathers are going to have on, the, on this younger generation. And I was reading a, a study today that children who are overweight or obese before the age of five are five times as likely to be obese as adults. And one out of three kids right now are overweight by their fifth birthday. And yes. so there is a, like, this is, I think, the first generation that's going to, like, have a lower life expectancy than the one before it. Like, the dads, it's, it's up to the, the parents to change this or we're just going to, as it, we're, our species is just going to die off. <laughs> Oh, there's certainly something to that for sure. And, you know, from a biological perspective, you know, I'm not sure up to what age this happens, but as we're growing um, and young humans in particular, um, we are growing the number of fat cells that we have largely before, let's say, age 10, 13. And then from that point later on in life, those fat cells that we have, um, they no longer hyperplasia, which is the number that continues to divide. They hypertrophy. They get larger in size or smaller in size. So what happens in childhood obesity is, is, 
you are having a greater number of fat cells in the body, these little storage containers that have the ability to grow. So you set yourself up. If you have twice as many fat cells that have the ability to potentially store calories because right. you were, you know, obese as a child, largely because, you know, the environment you were raised in was, you know, kind of conducive to producing that kind of result, that's going to be a problem later down in the line. And, you know, it. the good news is it is totally reversible, yeah. you know, with these kind of healthy habits. And again, it starts with like when we get the whole family eating healthier. Um, we have so many kids who start, you know, following along with the workouts with their dads, just doing the body weight versions and stuff like that. Um, everyone starts to get healthy together. And that's a reason when, when I looked at how do I actually have an impact on this problem with fathers, I had the profound realization that health either starts or stops at home. And if we can get a dad or a mom living healthier, I call it like trickle down health economics, right. you know, like everything kind of starts to get healthier from there. So it starts with a nuclear family unit. And, and that's why it's different than just like a P90X for dads. It's right. the fit father project. There's a deeper cut there. Yeah. Yeah. And I love that. Um, and it's, uh, it's, a, it, it works in reverse too. I mean, if you're eating, you know, uh, a pizza for dinner and you're telling your kids that they got to eat their broccoli. It's like, no, like that's, that's, that's not going to work. Kids aren't, kids aren't wired like that. They're going to do what their heroes do. And as, as, as parents, like you're the hero. Um, and so what they're going to, they're going to model, you know, what you do. Um, well, I'll now, tell you this, when you set up a healthy family culture, your kids will also be the police too. Right. If you get them to buy in and they have an understanding of how eating healthy foods directly relates to their goals, which may be to, um, let's just say, to be better at Fortnite because they have better reflexes to <laughs> run faster, like whatever the heck it is. You know, if you tie that to their goals, they're certainly going to have a have their own uh, little incentive in terms of how their brain's wired to, to do that themselves and to keep you on track. You know, it's a whole family culture. Right. Um, there's a, there, we're, we're almost out of time here, but like respond to this. You got mm-hmm. a you got a friend of yours. He's you know he's getting close to forty. He's got kids. He's a busy guy. He he calls you up and he's like, you know what? Uh, I need to get rid of some fat. So I started this like I'm running three to four miles a day plan, and I'm going to do some calorie restriction. Uh, so that's my plan. Respond to mm-hmm. respond to that guy for me because I get that all the time. Yeah, I mean, short term, that plan will totally work. I think we need to in the frame of our whole conversation. So we need to audit. Does the guy love running? If he no. does, then that, that could be okay. You know, he's right. doing something that he enjoys. Yes. And then we got to look at the, when we say calorie restriction blanket term, we got to look at um, how is that meal plan set up? Um, and is it going to be sustainable over the long haul? How many calories is he actually cutting? Um, and how do we ensure that um, he, you know, we audit all these other factors in terms of like the the sleep and the exercise as well. The perfect scenario, if I could take that guy and, and get him on a plan, it would be, let's say he likes running. He'd be doing that twice per week i would have him do some kind of metabolic resistance training which is basically like strength and cardio combined into quick workouts like circuit training with strength exercises one to two times per week to help his metabolism um, and we do a huge audit on the eating plan um, if he's following some kind of like super low carb restrictive ketogenic diet again short-term thing could work for him if his preferences are really shifted towards these savory, higher fat, lower carb foods. If that's what he loves, that might be good for him. But I would probably steer most guys in the direction of like a moderate balanced meal plan. They're dramatically cutting their calories. It's going to be a short term solution. Right. You know, and this is why, like, you know, I ended up building our Fit Father program because like I got asked that question about right. 500 times yeah. and I finally was like, man, I should probably just answer this like once and for all. Right. And so like, you know, that's the 
that's the short answer there. Yeah, and would you say that the more muscle you have, like muscle building and, and, and you know, uh, resistance training, things like that, the more muscle you have, that maybe the more metabolically flexible you become? Or is that... Oh, my God, yeah. So yeah. for a couple reasons. One, certainly a, a large percentage of your actual metabolism, the number of calories you burn throughout the day, is based on your muscle mass, which steadily declines in men after age 35 yeah. um, in with, with testosterone decline. It's not the only reason, but inactivity plus not not moving the body does lead to that but right. also muscles become sponges for carbohydrates right and when we do train well and we train regularly it gives us the ability to eat foods at certain times that normally we wouldn't be able to get away with right. so in terms of your metabolic flexibility huge yeah and this is why the exercise calories off model we talked about like let's just say this guy who's trying to exercise calories off by running he actually hates running um what i would suggest is we do uh, an exercise plan that look works more of like exercises is a metabolic investment because yeah. we do know that certain workouts, higher intensity workouts in particular, have this um, this metabolic boost effect, this epoch exercise post oxygen consumption where you right. burn more calories after your workout. So the way we do it very basically at the Fit Follower Project, we take three 30-minute high-intensity workouts and I sprinkle those throughout your week on a Monday, Wednesday, Friday. You're going to have a constant metabolic boost right. you know, because your metabolism is constantly being stoked and raised. And so now we're no longer playing the calories you know, burned while exercising exercising game we're playing exercise as a metabolic investment right. and you're going to be having burning more calories at rest all the time and you will build muscle which will help you not only lose more weight but keep it off afterward right and you know if you look at you know people that live to 100 i think it's always very interesting to see like half of them smoked half of them drank yeah. you know like half of them ate organic <laughs> and then ate organic but like the one correlation it seems to be is like how much muscle they had in their prime and it's almost like there's this this idea that that past a certain point that even if you're maintaining like you're gonna you're gonna start deteriorating and aging faster than you can build and, and it's like the more like mass you can have and i'm not saying you need to we all need to look like you know jay cutler or anything but like mm -hmm. the more mass you can have That's it's a like a really weird example but okay. no well not <laughs> not the not the quarterback jay cutler I was talking to my to my bodybuilding friend here, Jay Professional Cutler, the, bodybuilder, the yeah. Olympia. He's like weighs oh, go. Okay. he weighs like three hundred and eighty <laughs> pounds, and he's like you know he's like just a big ball of muscle. And it's like so I tell I tell my wife and like other friends that are just like how do you like you don't miss like you don't miss days like how are you so motivated? It's like well my window's closing. Like I, I don't know if that's if the age is forty two, forty eight. I don't know, but at some point that window closes. And you're not going to gain anything else, and it's like that's like the that's the point where like your body's going to start declining physically. It could be very slow decline, but is so is that uh, kind of wrapped into all this as far as how you how you, you know, deal with your clients? You know, certainly prime time slows down, right? I mean, and certainly our bodies are more resistant. But I gotta say, at least with the you brought up some professional bodybuilders, they peak in their early forties. Yeah. Yeah, you're not over the hill. The the, the guys they, they peak in their late 30s, early 40s with right. the muscle maturity. And I'll tell you this: from we've run 10,000 guys through our online programs, we have guys who have never squatted before who work up to 300 pound squats in their 50s. Man. So it's not to oh. say that you can't right. build muscle mass and strength. There's huh. another great example. I love this guy, Sonny Bryant. He's a one of the top um, senior masters level bodybuilders now. He started bodybuilding in his 40s, and the guy looks like I wish I would look like Sonny one day, right. honestly. And I've been right. doing this for forever. So, yeah, yeah. you know, there is still a lot of hope. The training does need to be different, and it needs to right. respect the fact that as we age, we have a lower recovery capacity. Yeah. So the same kind of workouts 
that were for guys in the 20s don't work in the 30s and the 40s. That's why we advocate more old school training, a lot more full body compound workouts. You know, three times a week, full body training for muscle mass is phenomenally effective for guys in their 40s, 50s, and 60s. So you would, would you suggest like a guy in his 60 needs to do squats standing on two medicine balls? Is that is that what you recommend? <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, a lot of these things, you know, unfortunately were kind of invented by the personal training industry because right. like it's just driven by the need to like reinvent the wheel for like marketing purposes. Yeah. So they do all these like, uh, you know, functional training taken to a dangerous degree. Right, like, right. heck no. You know, we just need to be doing like foundational movements also that respect how your body is and functions like a lot of guys have arthritis in their 60s and the knees they might not need to be doing heavy back squats but we need to find ways to get them to do these functional movements that's not painful oh my gosh well we're out of time this is we need to have you back on because there's a lot more that i want to get and rick i uh i was creeping on dr balduzzi uh on facebook and we have uh doctor the, the good doctor and i have two mutual friends uh, I'm curious. Two, I'm curious. and they've both been on our show. The one, Rafe Kelly, the great Rafe Kelly. Yeah. And Jonathan, movement, movement king, huh? And Jonathan Baylor. Nice. How, yeah. how about that? Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's been on the show a couple of times. So, uh, yeah, so very cool. We have two mutual friends. How about that? Um, okay, so the link. You have offered two gift links uh, for our listeners and I'm going to put these in the show notes, but it's fitfatherproject.com slash get free meal plan with dashes in there. And then the, yep. then the fitfatherproject.com slash get free workout. I'm going to put both of those um, in, the, in the show notes, but t- talk a little bit about those and your website and all that. Yeah. Amazing. Well, like with the workouts, we talked so much about this, like metabolic resistance training and how to boost your metabolism, these short strength plus cardio workouts. So, you know, do exercise you love. And if you love all exercise, you want to get the most bang for your buck kind of workout to do the strength, cardio and flexibility all in one. So that's that 24 minute workout. Um, We show you how to take a pair of dumbbells or kettlebells in around 10 feet of floor space and get a 24 minute killer workout. I even challenge you guys to do it because I think you'd really enjoy it Um, and it's really effective. um, And I'm on video showing you how to do that. And then we have our Fit Father meal plan, the free one-day meal plan, uh, which essentially walks through some of these big-picture principles about sustainability, simple meals, not restrictive, and we show you what to eat from breakfast, lunch, snack, and dinner every single day. So we've had over 100,000 guys download that meal plan and use that. And we have a lot of guys who say, hey, man, you know, never bought any of your but I used your meal plan and I lost 30 pounds. Like, right. go be that guy for us. Yeah. Like, that's the guy we love. <laughs> Yeah, that's awesome. Um, cool. So, what else is there? Any anywhere else you want people to go? Um, I guess you're on Facebook, just a Fit Father yeah, Project. Yeah. So, I mean, so we got a we got an awesome growing YouTube channel um, that people can check out. Oh, you cool. can YouTube Fit Father Project. We're we're cranking out. I think we have like a 300 videos. We're about to start releasing on the channel. Um, we have some awesome stuff. So all these kind of topics in depth. If you want to hear me ramble some more, I'm on YouTube. Um, but yeah, the Fit Father Project website is a great resource. I think we have over 500 articles on there right now. That free meal plan and free workout. And um, I think guys have more enough uh, to chew on and sink their teeth into. Yeah. And I got to say this um, i'm not sure when the when this is exactly going to air but um, we did not forget about the ladies and we're actually launching the fit mother project um this quarter so um oh, it's it's important oh. for us that we want to help the whole family ecosystem live healthier and uh and so fit mothers here we come awesome i was going to try to make some joke about that but i decided to just keep my mouth shut 
I'm good. I'm glad I, I'm glad I preempted thing. that. <laughs> I the exact same thing. I was like, oh, I should probably just shut the hell up. Uh, and just say, oh, yeah, thank you. Thank That'd you. be great. This is a nice treatment with a first-time guest. If I come back, I think I'm going to get roasted. <laughs> right. So right. I'll, I'll think very long and hard about saying yes. Awesome. Man. Well, <laughs> hey, man, this has been awesome. I really really appreciate your time. And uh, we will. this will go up on Friday, but I'll email your your people the link and all that when it goes up. And, and uh, we'll ha- definitely have you back on sometime later this year. Guys, thank you. Pleasure was mine. Awesome, man. We'll talk soon. Bye-bye. Bye, buddy. <laughs> when he said goodbye, I almost said, hi, right, uh, I love you. <laughs> hey, I loved him. Wasn't he great? He was awesome. Dang it. Yes, he was awesome. And like, I feel like we need to go back like sometime before when we're not recording, go back and look at some of our previous like recent guests and like, and you remember, cause there've been a few that were like, man, like, uh, Nagina, uh, I feel like she should come back on Nagina. Yes. Yeah. Nagina. Uh, I forget how do you say her name, I but know, dang it. it's you... in the show notes. Now I said it wrong so much that now I, think I can't remember. Nagina. How... I, yeah, think, Nagina. I think you were right. Nagina. Nagina. But maybe yeah. We need to have her back on. Like there's, we need to yeah. kind of recycle some of these that we were like, man, this is great. We had to reschedule with Dr. Ryan Nolan. Um, from last week, uh, because of you. Um, and so, um, didn't you have like something or something? I don't know, but we're going to have him on next week and then, uh, we're coming up on, we need to have Jason side. We've talked about him, get him back on. Um, but we're, we've been booked out for so long that I think we're, we're about to have some openings here. So the tip of the week is go to fit father project, like go to the show notes and I'm g- in. Hey, I'm 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 100% in on what yeah. he was talking about. I'm gonna go to the like I'm gonna go to this tomorrow. Yeah. So we'll put them in the show notes, and I, and also like we'll link to them. Um, I might actually. Well, what? I guess I should wait till the show comes up, and then because I was gonna do like a separate Facebook post with just like each of these links and say go to this, and then we can share them and all that. Maybe even do like a Instagram, um, the the free meal plan and all that because yeah, like that guy is. Uh, he was. I was smelling what he was cooking, tasting what he was shaking. How does what? No, 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 no. Stop, 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 stop talking. You were you were tasting uh, what, what he, he was, was cooking. I feel like is the best way to phrase okay. that. Possibly. <laughs> Don't get any weird. Awesome. Well, we had a fun, we had fun. We had beach talk and we had dad talk. And I was like, we're like doing all the birthday thing, knowing that I was about to ask him like about his dad passing away. So it was like, how do we transition to that? Oh yeah, that was good. That, hey, it, that was a solid. You did not walk into the bear trap. Okay, okay. Bear That's trap good. being like, uh, <clears throat> you say like, hey, hey uh, how's your dad? <laughs> so what happened? Uh, tell your tell your dad. What, what's your dad up to these days? <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, um, well, uh, he, uh, uh, he's dead. He uh, passed away. Yeah. Oh, good job. It's like, Mark. Yeah, it's like you asking me how my how Rudy is. Oh well, uh, Rudy. Uh, he's no longer with. <laughs> oh man, my parents witnessed a dog, not their dog, but a dog being hit and run over like right out in front of their house recently. And my mom said she was like a hysterical wreck, like right when it happened. And she like called 911 and was like, like trying to get them to come chase the guy down. And I was like, Mom, they don't care about it. Oh. The, 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 the dispatcher was like, Is it causing like a traffic problem? And she was like, No. And she's like, oh. Okay. Then that's, Somebody would uh, be along with a flat bottom <laughs> shovel here shortly. <laughs> okay, I don't know. Kick it over to the Kara. I don't know what to tell you. Um, but anyway, okay. Well, this has been great. We've got Ryan Nolan coming up. We've got some other guests, and we're very excited. This has been a great show. Thank you for listening. We appreciate our listeners. And that is going to do it for this edition of the Simple Human Podcast. 
And remember, Rick's mom also worked there. Um, all right, so what? So until next time, enjoy yourself.